Ah, I like it. Alright. Welcome to episode number nine of the Havana Cafe Session Podcast. And um, we're all, so, I'm feeling so mellow now. You got me all in the yeah. mellow mood. You <laughs> need so, another round of coffee. I yeah, think. well, we need something. We need a like, it's not like a tired though. It's like a very mellow You are in a kind mellow mood of, today. Like I feel like I should have my surfboards. I think it's the, uh, the after waves of being up on the mountain last weekend. Yeah, I've been getting back in touch with spirit in my sort of spirit mood there, you know. And I'm thinking, you know what, just glide and be in your stride and... Because it's, you know, it's partly that is, because you can get in the place where you're like feeling like a, you're running out. And I think I described it on one of my posts here, like a blue ass fly. You're just like all over the place. And oh yeah, and that's been me this week. And your head feels like it's going to explode because you've got so many things to do and they're all piling up. And you're like, ah, and then I thought, just sat back and it's like, you can only do what you can do in a day. Yeah. And then actually, I'm better if I get into a place of calm and then I can get the stuff done as opposed to when I start zipping around like a blue ass fly then my head and brain knocks up and I can't think efficiently and all that other stuff so yeah, yeah. I can vouch for the fact that that's still true is that still I've true that's still done this week despite <laughs> the fact that's not true I've gotten some stuff done but it's you know just <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's cool <laughs> Cafe Sessions number eight, and we're in our lovely... Number nine. Number nine. Yeah, number nine. <laughs> there you go. I'm so, I'm so chilled out, I'm going backwards. I'm number nine, and we're in a lovely Havana Cafe. And you uh, had an interesting question for me. I did, absolutely. So, I'm just... And it was all about wisdom, right? And I was just thinking, um, if... You know, we've both been traveling the earth for a while. And so the question I was thinking is, gathering up, thinking all the wisdom that you've gathered over the course of your life now, and if you were to go back to your 13-year-old self now, travel back in time, what wisdom and or advice would you impart to your 13-year-old self? Or what would you tell? So think how you were when you were 13, and you know, and I picked 13 because you know, you're just coming into your teenage years and probably getting ready to go into that whole teenage angst bit as you're trying to figure out what your place in the world is going to be you know there's the pressure on thinking about what your career is going to be as people start to gear you towards thinking about what you're doing after high school um you know you're independent from your parents now in a sense in terms of your sort of personality traits and um you're you know you're making your own decisions in a sense in your head and you're just really struggling to figure out what your place in the in the world is um, and I believe when you're at that sort of 13-ish kind of stage, you know how a lot of people say, what's my purpose and passion? And we've talked about purpose and passion on here. I believe that you know from that early on what your purpose and your passion is inherently, but it gets kind of taught out of you or beat out of you or ridiculed out of you or anything along those lines where you don't pursue it. Um, and I think returning sometimes back to that space, you can 
get a touch point back to what your purpose, your passion, what you feel drawn to do. That's Joseph Campbell called Following Your Bliss. And I believe that while we're all in search of that, I believe we know it if we can go back to that sort of space. So that was the reason for choosing age of 13. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, wise one. Yeah. I, I was debating <laughs> oh, whether to call you old, because you know, yeah, women get with this whole old thing, but no, yeah, I, old I, wise I, one. Yeah. Old wise woman. Yeah. No, no. I'm not there yet, for sure. It's funny, when you had sent me the age, all the things that I could think of initially for what kind of advice I'd want to give a former self were all a bit older than that. It was like, moments mostly in my 20s I guess okay that so to take myself back to that early point and think what was it you know what 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 is important about that age you know I think what you're saying is really true because I, I feel like for me looking back everything before about 12 13 you're still really in that imaginative childhood phase where for me I wasn't too bogged down by self-consciousness and I was still pretending Mm. up until a late age. Me and my best friend were still pretending all kinds of scenarios, you know. And it's funny because I have this um, very distinct memory and it must have been moving into 10 or 11 years old that I realized that adults didn't pretend anything (laughs) and I realized that this was something that children could do that adults can't do anymore and that I would probably lose that ability and I had this real kind of moment of oh my gosh I don't want to lose that you know and sure enough you know it goes but I would say that that they do pretend but they lose the joy of pretending well you know you like I don't know you look at children and they just because, you know, my kids become octonauts, you know, they become fairies and wizards and, you know, we don't do that anymore, you know, and even, even trying to get into pretend as an adult, like now with my kids, it's actually quite difficult and it's not as enjoyable as really? what I remember it being That was my favorite me. part when my kids were young because I got a chance to just be, you know, be the wizard, be the wizard and play cars and I, in fact, I probably bought more toys for me <laughs> and used them as an excuse so that I could play with them. I think that what, what struck me is that it, that's the, cr- the the kind of tipping point bef- like in this huge bubble of what you're saying like moving into adulthood where I became a lot more self-conscious, a lot more self-doubting a lot more lost than I was in my childhood and in a way I so what I was thinking about initially was like all the things that I would say to myself once I was lost in that, you know, not that I was ever terribly lost, but yeah. you know, these things where you're like, oh, don't worry so much about this or don't worry so much about that, whatever. And I think, you know, I wrote about this phenomenon in my book where, you know, so in my book, The Boatman, the character Thomas is really this. He kind of has this childhood where he knows his deep, true self. And that gets lost when he becomes a teenager. And I think that's how I was kind of really able to access that experience is because I, I feel that. I felt that 
my childhood, I really knew who I was quite strongly. And like you're saying, it, you know, it, you, you enter the kind of quote-unquote real world and suddenly you start questioning all these things and you come out of the little bubble. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so. absolutely. We, we, if you were to continue to use your imagination, people would say, you know, get your head out of the clouds and, you know, you, you know, need to wake up, get into the real world, you got to pay bills, you know, all... So, you know, the, all the adults and stuff around you are pushing you to come out of fantasy land in quotation marks and, you know, get real. And, you know, we used to get threatened in our culture in the U.S. But, you know, are you going to be flipping burgers for the rest of your life if you don't, you know, get your head yeah. out of the clouds? And, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, and it's a shame because I, you just said a really important point, I think, that when we're born, we're probably, we know who we are. Are, but not in the sense like we know, but we just are, as in we don't need yeah. to. We haven't made the distinction that there isn't any other thing. <laughs> you know, we just are. Um, and then we become aware, and, and other people help us to become aware. And then we have this, this sort of split, isn't it? We have this sort of split between mind, body, spirit, even as a sort of a split. And I guess if we want to throw ego in there, I guess the ego then becomes aware. and. It now wants to be in control and all those other things that we could talk about. All those things that, that you start seeing in kids once they realize that other people are watching them. Have you ever seen that where like you have young kids and they're pretending and you know, people are just around but they have no awareness that other people are, would be watching them, would be thinking anything about them and at some point that switches and they become aware of, you know, and I think that's kind of well, yeah. something that happens. And the schools happens. help them. I mean, you were talking last week about, you know, like with, with your son and stuff. I mean, you, you have to socialize and you got to be in school. So now you can't when just go And your behavior is being out yeah. externally judged yeah. all the time. Every single performance you completely that you aware get. of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so now everything is like, you know, who's judging me? What are they going to think about that? And that's, yeah, yeah, that's... And I think we spend a lot of time then having to unpack all of that. So thinking about what you've just said there in terms of when you became lost, so the metaphorically lost as an unsure uh, anymore, what advice and or wisdom would you pass on to your, a younger version of yourself then? I think it would be initially like so much of just keep hold of this stuff. You know, I wrote recently in a blog about my grandmother because my grandmother has this amazing ability to completely love and trust in me. You know, I have almost never experienced a kind of such an unconditional, like, undoubting, unwavering faith that comes from outside and, and that she assumes I have inside myself and kind of gives that gift to me. And I think if that's kind of when I think about that, like, have faith in yourself, you know what to do, you know how to be, you know, she has a, a she's born in West Virginia, so she has a very southern way of saying yeah, it, where it's can... like, girl, what are you, what are you worried about, just to, you know, you don't need help, you don't need advice, you know what to do, so, you know, I just think, I, that's the kind of advice initially that I would want to give, you know, I mean, it, it, like, obviously, I went through the meandering path to get where I am that everyone goes through. You know, I don't think really you could ever look back from the age that we are and say, oh, it was just a straight path. I'm not sure anyone really has that experience. But, um, you know, I think 
somehow, and I really don't know how, but somehow I've managed to keep hold of the writing thing at least. Okay. My love of writing, my desire to be a writer and tell good stories has somehow kind of, I've lost various, you know, bit moments where I've lost it, but, you know. Okay. If you look at it in this sort of slightly different twist, so when we, as you say, it's not a straight path and we, we kind of veer off and go all over the place. Is there something that you had, and I guess you have been kind of articulating this in a little sense, or, or just kind of get maybe more specific, I'm just thinking, um, can you remember a moment where you you made a decision, I suppose, that took you further away from your past, path than closer to your path? You made this conscious decision to go one way, which was leading perhaps further from your path. Well, I, I made a lot of decisions that took me away from writing and away from a, a lot of the things that I feel like are now core to how and I what feel. Was it, what was the driver behind veering away from the path? What, what, the what, I, what, I, what I thought was the right thing to do, what I thought was the rational and responsible thing to do. I, I really... I'm, I'm definitely a person who likes the feeling that I'm responsible. Mm. You know, I don't like that sense that other people think that I'm irresponsible. So that, you know, especially when I was younger and making decisions about what I was going to study at university or what kind of, you know, all of these things. But I don't know, somehow this other kind of side of me kept, like, pushing through. So, I mean, mm. that was there, and I pretended like it wasn't happening, but actually it was the probably the wiser self but you know I also I think that the other thing I would say to the younger self is that you know, life is long you know and a lot of the things that I could never have imagined would have taken place have come to pass you know whether that's like in personal relationships or you know where you have a big falling out with someone and sometimes as people drift away but sometimes you find yourself years later back in touch with them and super close friends or close in a different way or something so you know it's it's you know one of the one of the other things that the oracle says in my book is like don't judge your you know whole future based on what's happening with you right now right and you know i'd kind of i I suppose i'd pass that along like you know just keep keep going i like it keep going Yeah. yeah what about you um for myself i would say Probably several things. One would be to choose your lane, as in, as as in you. Yeah, you know, I do believe. You know, I had the feel of very certainty about who I am and what is it that that my sort of passion and driver is, and stay true to that for this very same reason that you kind of outlined in there. As in, you know, you you kind of start doing things. That, for the expectation of others and, and the thing that seems the logical thing to do um, and so making decisions because you look up to your, your parents or people that have influence and if they're saying well actually that's all nice to have as a hobby or do that sort of thing but you know you want to be able to make money you know, and you're not going to make money doing that thing and so then you start changing to suit their expectation, which is their experience of the world, but they're kind of past that. And I know they do it out of, they mean well, as in, I've made these mistakes or stumbled along this way, so to keep you from st- 
stumbling, here's my advice that I'm kind of giving you um, on that. So yes, it would be choose choose your lane and, and, and be okay. And especially when you're young, because as you just mentioned, you've got time. You've got time to fail, time to correct, time to you know really sort of figure out um, how to make your path work. And that would be the other thing is is to not not to not fear failure, and if if anything, to seek out failure. Because at least if you're failing that means you're trying to do the thing that you want to do so it would definitely be to because I had a lot of pressure to be the best at everything and to get good super good grades and and so there's a lot of pressure on me to perform and not to fail or be second best or any of that sort of stuff and um, but then that developed its own uh, dialogue internal dialogue if you're thinking well I can't fail I got to be the best at everything so that's a lot of internal pressure and and you don't necessarily give your chance yourself the chance to try something try if you something don't new yeah. or, or explore the really margins of things. So you kind of always you know always doing stuff that you know I have to kind of understand where my limit might be, and then I don't approach that limit because I don't want to go over it because I know I can control within this certain this certain boundary. I mean I even stopped playing team sports because I couldn't. Influence, make everybody do what they needed to do. So I just started doing individual sports because at least if I didn't win, then I knew it was because of me and didn't train hard enough or what have you. But I hated losing and then for the team and then it's like, well, you know, I was doing all my stuff and they weren't all doing their stuff. And then, yeah, so I even stopped with the, um, doing team sports for that very reason. And, yeah. I think, and, and I think in some ways, I was thinking about this on the drive here, is and I would say to be less selfish in a lone wolf kind of sense, because I always had this thing that it was just me, and I think some of that came from me, so, so that, and I've probably said this on the podcast before, so I'm, my mother lost her mother when she was really young, and so she had to look after her brother um, and her two sisters. And so she had all, and she was really young, I mean like probably like 13, 14, 15, that kind of age, but she was having to step into a place of being a mom for her siblings. And so for her it was, well, I'll make sure that my kids can take care of themselves as soon as they can walk, basically. So in case something happens to me, they'll know how to fend for themselves and take care of themselves. So, you know, she kind of fostered that you know, be independent, don't depend on anyone, not even me, you know, be completely self-sufficient. But I think what that did is it make me not be as open to let people in to help me with stuff, um, not let people get close to me, and always just thinking, well, here's my little place, I don't mind what you're doing because that's you and this is me. And, and so, you know, in a way you become kind of insular in that sort of lone wolf kind of space yeah so i would yeah i would say to my younger self not to be so um independent in the sense of not letting people in or asking for help and and those sorts of things yeah i would love to say to my younger pre-high school self that it doesn't cost anything to be kind doesn't cost anything to be kind i like it i think that when you get into that stage it's like before 
you kind of just had friends and you did stuff with people, but it's that early teenage period that you really start to get, you know, experience cliques and exclusions and making a lot of judgments about your peers and thinking that they're making a lot of judgments about you. And remember there was this one girl, she was nice to everyone. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, how does she do that? And I, I remember having this fear as a, as a teenager that I kind of can't feel now, but of, of vulnerability. Like, if I was nice to everyone, not, I mean, this makes it sound like I was a terrible person. <laughs> but, you know, in that kind of really open and generous way, it's more, maybe more open is what I mean. I, it made me feel vulnerable because mm. I wasn't confident. You know, I was moving to a stage where I suppose, you know, that's just the nature of teenage years, but you're not as confident as you are in who you are, in what other people might be thinking about you. But that's a, a vulnerability that's made of the mind, isn't it? It's you, only you think you're vulnerable. You know, so you're only, yeah. you're only kind of as vulnerable as you think you are in that sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always, yeah. See, I think I had, I I would have been like your, I won't say I was nice to everyone, but I got along with everyone. I didn't belong to, so I didn't, so I didn't have, I didn't succumb to peer pressure because I was just a lone wolf. I didn't, so I had, you know, I was a good at athletics, so I could hang out with the jocks. I was good in academics, so I could hang out with the sort of geeks and I could hang out with the sort of druggies and so I was just kind of this person that didn't belong to a clique, but I had friends in all the cliques, so whatever mood I was in, I could go hang out with any of their groups, and they were all accepting of me, and even though I didn't wear their colors or dress like them, I could come and hang with them, because yeah. um, I was just this... I was a clique into myself. Nice. <laughs> I, was, I was my yeah, own clique. Incredibly, ex incredibly <laughs> exclusionary, actually. But and I wasn't and I wasn't a loner, as in like right, I, because yeah, I was yeah. a very social animal. So I had loads of friends, and but they were all in these camps. And yeah. and at any point when someone was like, like trying to use peer pressure to get you to do something, I could walk away and didn't really care what they thought or whether they called me names or anything because it it just didn't matter to me. Um. So you know yeah. they didn't even have they didn't they didn't even have that power to say all right this is what the group's doing you're gonna do it too or we're gonna ostracize you because okay yeah. knock yourself out <laughs> um, so yeah so yeah I think this, yeah go ahead no no go no go I was I was just thinking about that because that's kind of the like I don't know personality kind of ego challenge at that time I think for me. But I think also the other thing that occurred to me about the age of 13 is I think that that's really the point that I became very aware that I was going to die one day. So I had this real like spiritual crisis at, well, oh, really? at that age. Yeah. Really? And I, I see it quite a lot when at that age, I think it's quite common for people to suddenly become inc incredibly religious Yeah. Um, because, and, and I think that's why, I think there's some kind of developmental awareness that happens around that age where you really do start to, to actually understand your own mortality and that, you know, because I suppose you're moving into a more rational mindset of an adult mind um, whereas kids it's kind of hard to grasp these kind of things, you know, they're like 
never really quite sure what they're taking from it. But yeah, it kind of went into a real, a real kind of religious kind of search, and I feel like that kind of has continued okay. through my spiritual path. But I feel like I can kind of trace that. So I would, I suppose, I would go back to that self as well, and and just say like keep keep trucking, you know, keep following, keep asking, keep, you know. Like, I was just a rebel, man, because I hated conformity. Because <laughs> so my, my mom was very religious. No kidding. You kidding. You hate conforming? Clay, that surprised I, me yeah. so much about you. Because I can't <coughs> believe you would say that. <laughs> so I questioned everything about the whole sort of church thing, and I was like, well, why could, like I do now, it's in terms of going to the outside, I spent a lot of time in the woods, you know, I was like, here's my church is out yeah. here in the woods and all that kind of stuff, and but my mom was really into the into into the Christianity bit and used to you know make and I didn't like the formalization of it. it didn't seem very open and like I like the idea of God and and you know and the belief in God and spirituality. It was all a formalistic, um, yeah. It was all the sort of fixed form and the and the structure and that just drove me nuts. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite, I quite like to worship God in my own way when I was at that sort of age. Mm-hmm. And for me, and maybe some of it was, you know, the imagination things. You say you start pretending. Me and my friends played Dungeons and Dragons and all that other stuff, so we continue to pretend. <laughs> Um, Although I suppose in a form that was more acceptable to being a teenager as opposed to... You okay, know, yeah, a, it was just you know a big mean? adult. Pretending yeah. I got my big giant sword and they're like... Yeah. Um, but also, it also had me interested in sort of Native American culture and, and that whole connection with nature and being out in the spirit and everything. And so I was really fascinated by that and kind of adopted that a little bit as a, as a belief um, aspect. But of course, you still always had the... The fear that gets beaten to you from organized sort of religion, from at least from a, the sort of Christian point of view, are you going to go to hell for doing this or that and the other thing? And so I always had that looming over there. I was thinking, dang, <laughs> whoa. And then I think it wasn't probably till later that I thought, well, you know what? Actually, me and God will have to have some words because He created us as human beings like this so any flaws that I have is not my fault because <laughs> I didn't create the system and so that you know when I do you know sit down and meet with God we're gonna have to have that conversation it's like you know you created me this way and then you didn't want me to behave this way so why make me have this ability to do that <laughs> that's not what you wanted so it's your fault man it's so fun. you can't go sending me to hell because I'm doing how I was sort of programmed you put this stuff in me yeah, I like it. I think he's going to go for that. Yeah, well, he yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, he should do, because it's his fault. Okay. He made it all. I think that the journey from 13 till now, so, okay, so I'm approaching the big 4-0. Ooh, the and, big 4-0. Uh, you know, I think it, that's a really interesting journey, because it's the, you know, it's really like the creation of who you are you know and 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 for me the kind of later 30s have been about really like coming back home and solidifying what I act and being being okay with how I actually am you know I feel like every year goes by I'm just it feels a little bit more okay to be me which is good you know and I think 
but that but that whole journey and the journey's not over yet hopefully oh wow but um I you know listening to some know. Joseph Campbell lectures this morning and he made a point that when we were younger um life seemed long and very expansive but when we kind of start pushing this side of it you know you just you can you know the end is not you know just statistically the end is not that far and we're on a downhill over in a second well I am already <laughs> so you know so if you think if the average age for male is what 86 or something like that you know I'm on the downward curve dude I'm on my way out and it but it gives you a different outlook on life a little bit. Yeah, outlook starts to change. Whereas before it was like, you know, you, you got all this time. Now I'm on the back, back side of this slope. And yeah. that, you can't get rid of that, you know. The notion yeah. you can die at any time. But, you know, from natural causes, I'm on this, this sort of the downward slope. Yeah. And it's funny that at the same time I, like, imagine giving myself these pearls of wisdom. I don't know if, you know, whatever. And I don't know if you can really take it, you know? Like, could you really say these things to your younger self? And, you know, like, can wisdom actually, like, I, I guess the question is, like, can wisdom actually pay, be passed down? Like, can you actually truly, deeply understand the meaning of stuff? It's like all these quotes that go around the internet and stuff. Yeah. There's, you know, there's times when something will hit you, not because it's the first time you've seen it, but because your it resonates with your own experience by that point. You yeah. know, that it, it says something that, you. that you, you actually understand what it's saying now, or you understand an aspect of it, or maybe you hear the same thing, but, you know, you, you understand it differently now. And, uh, yeah, I also just think, you know... So can wisdom not be passed on, but could more enlightened elders and parents and things like... Guide you. Guide you. Better. Yeah, I think so. I have a lot of guidance in yeah. terms of, of being more like to where I'm at now. I mean, the most of you know, you pick up stuff on your own, but to have more guidance, to have more rituals, and I know I just said about yeah, conformity, sure. but more rituals that take you through different stages and to help and expand. And I like for my like with my kids, it's like you know. I'd, I don't want to impose my thinking on to them, so allow them to be expansive and to find their own way. If they don't want to, you know, I didn't make them do sports or make them do this thing. It's like, yep, try it, give it a go, but have that conversation about, you know, at least experience it, continue with it, but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to do it, then, you know, don't, don't, don't do it. So try to help them to formulate this their own mind and that. That's yeah, I think sense. guides are really important. I think finding people that you aspire to be like or that have, a, that are able to be a certain way in the world, you know, that you aspire to be like, um, is really important. You know, we don't all have to be islands making it up on our own. But I also think that, you know, sometimes you have to go out and look. And, you know, they always say, like, spiritual-wise, they always say, once you start looking for a teacher, a teacher will find you. Yeah. You know, that it's, you have to kind of put that intention out there. And I found that to be true from my own experience. But, yeah, but you Do know, we have a culture of, of, of guiding our young? Or do we want to no, just put everybody we have, in there? We have a culture of, of celebrity now. It's so think, yeah, different. Yeah. So different, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, I think it's yeah. that. And, and there's a... There's a... Um, the conformity thing as well, isn't it? And the factory thing, and I know we could probably open that up as another topic, 
because it, I think society doesn't necessarily want you to be an individual, or at least it didn't. Yeah. In the whole sort of industrial age and factory kind of aspect and the herd and all that sort of stuff. So almost yeah. we're kind of conditioned into this, this package. And yes, yeah, some people break out of that and some people are independent thinkers and all that, but that's how it can be a hard road, road to, to go because you fall outside of the majority. And I think that also, you know, it, the search for guides and people who inspire you is kind of a constant creative process as well because as you change, you need different bits of wisdom, mm. different guides are kind of appealing. And also I think sometimes you can only really take on a certain level of understanding about stuff. And so... In that sense, people who are kind of just the stage above you in whatever path or aspect you're looking for are often the best guides rather than someone who's the, you know, wise, wizard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think, you know... I was yeah. just saying that to someone earlier this week. So I was doing a, a coaching session for someone and, and I made that same point. So, like, I can coach, mentor someone up to the limits of kind of where my experience has gone. So yeah. if someone is at the very, very beginning of this, not knowing where to begin and to start, and then I can coach them up through to where I'm at in my sort yeah. of stage or development. Um, and then that's like, and, that, and that's enough. So I, you, know, you reach back and help those to get to where you are, and then yeah. I have to continue my journey so that I continue to develop and can continue to go on, and then you can sort of... Um, help and guide and support backwards as well so, yeah. Yeah. so that was good good yeah. topic today yeah I think so yeah we could go on we can go for two more hours but as we won't always yeah <laughs> alright fantastic so now well, I feel I'm feeling a lot wiser now um, on that I guess it's, it's because you told your 13 year old self I've gone back in time and then I'm using it's my incorporated <laughs> up till the present moment in a quick time glitch and Absolutely. I have used my imagination to travel back in time today, and I've told my 13-year-old self this stuff, and now it's caught up with me right now. Now we're back in this sort of time. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like, I, I saw that glitch in the Matrix, you know, that black cat That's came, came past came you twice. This. Now check this out, and we can just, we'll leave, we'll end on this, I guess. If you were, we went backwards, what if you go into the future, and what would your... What would you ask? What would your 65-year-old self be telling your... Ooh, what would you so. ask? Let's have that be the comments section. If you've yeah. listened all the way to the end of this, <laughs> awesome. Leave a question in the comments box about what you would ask your 65-year-old self. Oh, good. I like that. Yeah. What would you ask your 65-year-old self? Okay, great stuff. And, um, yeah, leave some comments. Give some likes. Do some shares. And we'll catch you next week. Yep, sounds good. <laughs>